This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you, as the parent, can follow their ride on a live tracking map. Yeah, when your teen requests a trip, they're matched with highly rated, experienced drivers and you receive real-time notifications. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today, they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. It makes them feel safe, and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. And today, you can get 40% off. That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Today's episode, just a heads up, today's episode uh, has some graphic body stuff involved. Uh, <laughs> I think it's well-intentioned, but just so you know, this is this is a bit of a gross episode today. Anyway, I'm Ben. Uh, I am not currently uh, a Life Awakener user. No, but I did hurt myself today to see if I still felt. And Ooh. it turns out I did feel. Uh, and it hurt, man. It Ooh. hurt when I hurt myself today. Ooh. That's what today's story is about. It's about hurting in order to feel better or something. Uh, through the eyes of a German innovator, medical uh, wizard slash quack slash I don't even know what, by the name of Karl Baunstreit, uh, who was born in 1809. And he came up with something, like you said, Ben, the German translation of Life Awakener is Lebenswecher. Mm -hmm. uh, and this was in 1847. And he was inspired to create this device, which I will, you so eloquently described off mic. I'm going to let you do that again, hopefully, uh, if you'll indulge us. But it was uh, something that occurred to him when he was bitten on the hand by mosquitoes um, and realized that his arthritis felt better 
when he was being bitten, gnats rather, but you know, little bitey gadfly things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, talking earlier off air with our super producer, Casey Peckram, uh, we built a little bit of a theory about what was happening when Carl saw these bugs biting his hand. So in his in his mind, the bug biting the hand created an opening in his skin, an artificial pore, and this allowed the uh, sickness or the toxins or whatever you want to call them to drain from his body. What may have been happening, depending on the animal, whether it's a mosquito or, you know, whatever kind of bug it is, it may have just been injecting him with something that numbed his hand, right? A a chemical that a bug would use when biting. Mm -hmm. But he didn't think about that part. No, he did not. Uh, Instead, Carl decided that he would build something like this uh, and that this would be a new medical revolution the Liebenswaker, the the life awakener it it looks like and and we're all adults here it looks like a sex toy that is incredibly violent it yes. has a, a one end it's it's an ebony rod and on one mm-hmm. end there are these spring-loaded needles kind of in a circular shape yeah, exactly. And the idea is that if you are uh, <laughs> if you are using this, you will put it against your body in certain strategic spots. You'll pop the needles. They'll puncture your skin, creating what he calls artificial pores, but what the rest of the world would recognize as puncture wounds. And then you would apply a proprietary oil of Carl's own design. And this oil would create blisters on those wounds. Ben, was this oil of the snake variety? <laughs> That's a good question, Noel. Uh, I am tempted to say the answer is yes, or yeah. at least it's yes if you're talking about how this would be uh, this would be used. He called this the ex-anthematic method, or, and we are not German speakers, folks, or bonschedistismus. Oh, let me give it a try. Yeah, please. Let me give it a try. I believe it is... Baunscheditismus. Moose. Okay. Yeah, moose. Yeah, or or the ex-thematic method, like you said. Whatever the heck that even means. That sounds like some made-up nonsense. Uh, but yeah, he, he believed, probably, uh, in his heart of hearts, that this really was a cure-all. Like, like it would cure whatever ailed you. Um, and so he he set to work trying to hip the world to his genius and, and this uh, miracle device, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, as we will find, he wasn't the first person to think of something like this. Uh, let's let's dive into Carl's life, how he how he got to the Life Awakener, and see how the rest of the world, uh, <laughs> how the rest of the world felt about his uh, magical cure all device. So Carl was born on a farm in December of 1809. He was a Prussian citizen. Uh, He was a woodturner and mechanic by trade. When he was about 16, he took up an apprenticeship with a local merchant, mainly because his parents wanted him to go legit. And they were like, Carl, you know, you're 16. It's the early 1800s. You're basically a man now. Get a job. Uh, when his father passed away in March of 1831, 
Carl left his apprenticeship and he went to study at a place called the Fellenberg Institute, which at the time was quite prestigious. Yeah, it was at Haufel uh, near Bern uh, in Switzerland. Um, and that's where he got, yeah, what you would consider kind of a tech prep education, right? In, in, uh, in more hands-on physical crafts or trades like mechanics, horticulture. There was some physics and chemistry thrown in there as well, but this did seem like the kind of preparation for uh, a life as a craftsman of some sort or like a, a physical, not laborer, but, you know, a skilled laborer, but someone that would work building things or, or you know, cultivating the land. Uh, and I want to point out, it's interesting, if you take a look at this device we're talking about, in addition to looking like something of a of a naughty sex toy, it also looks sort of like a short table leg. So mm. I'm wondering if his back background as a wood turner or his like woodworking crafts kind of figured into his design here. I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. Or maybe it was just a quick way to make use of like some, you know, ununiformed table legs. That I was thinking the same couldn't, thing. Couldn't, couldn't use anywhere else. Uh, anyway, uh, I digress. Once he got out of this university uh, system, he, he was, by the way, uh, a stand-up student, uh, absolutely model. And he uh, became employed as a an instructor uh, at the uh, institute at the very institute that he graduated from. Uh, and during his time there at the Bauenscheid, he learned uh, several classical languages. He also required quite a, an extensive knowledge of, uh, you know, what, what at the time would be considered the cutting edge of medicine. But what we now know, you know, was a lot of uh, shooting in the dark, let's say. <laughs> right. Yeah. So this is a, this is a situation that a lot of us will be familiar with. He was not a doctor per se, but he was well-read. So he would be familiar with a lot of the current medical theories of the time. He would have an understanding of some aspects of anatomy and so on. He volunteered and joined the Prussian military and served from about halfway through 1832 to 1833. After his time there, he settled down. He took a he took a job as a mechanic. Uh, he got married uh, and he had a daughter. And then after that, his first marriage must not have worked out, guys, because he eventually started living with another person. And he and the second person, Caroline Dorothea Hurchin, had six sons and five daughters. You heard that right. Six sons, five daughters. They had eleven children. Uh, they got married around number four, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of times these holistic types have a healthy appetite for the uh, the carnal pleasures, let us say. And also just, you know, God's gift of, of magical procreation. Um, <laughs> Look at Wilhelm Reich and Orgone Energy, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Isn't, isn't like, I mean, Orgone Energy is essentially you know, the sexy power from within, right? Isn't that like harnessed kind of like? Uh, yeah, it's the, uh, let's see, let me get a, a 70s enough voice for this. The sensual powers of the universe. Yes, and then Casey, exactly. maybe throw some disco music on there. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. And let's just double back really quick and remind everyone, uh, Baunscheid had no professional medical training or experience, but he uh, felt very confident in uh, in his invention of an assortment of medical uh, accoutrement. He, he made a smallpox vaccinator, 
a breast pump, which I have to say is pretty forward thinking because that is still something that is very much used today. I mean, obviously motorized and probably more comfortable than his original design, but still pretty forward thinking. Um, he invented uh, a type of mouthwash and uh, various blood cleansing medicines and oils. Um, he invented something called, horrifically, the artificial leech, um, which was very similar to the design of the Resuscitator or the Awakener, um, which, by the way, Resuscitator and Awakener both sound like they could be Nine Inch Nails album titles, just putting that out there. I think you're also kind of going through a Nine Inch Nails phase this week. I think you're right, Ben. You're right. <laughs> and, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, also, I love the the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt. Classic. Yeah, we got to give credit where it's due. There, you're right. Uh, he would not let something as insignificant as medical qualifications stop him from dreaming big. And I do want to say, in a somewhat reluctant defense of Carl here, that bloodletting or the idea of curing an ailment through the forced extrusion of various bodily fluids that's that's a really old idea and it was common in the middle ages as well uh bloodletting was through various times in history not just in europe but in china as well considered a legit treatment that could cure any number of conditions from what we would call hypertension today to more kind of woo-woo-y pseudo-scientific stuff like heart sickness. Mm -hmm. It would definitely make you feel a little bit lighter, especially in the head. Anyone who's donated blood is familiar with that. Oh, totally. And again, this would have been the kind of like uh, practical you know, or rather conventional wisdom that he would have been reading about. You know, this is just a couple of steps beyond like the humors uh, and a lot of the really, really kind of out there dark ages stuff. But bleeding people out was, you know, kind of uh, a remedy as old as the hills. Uh, and he was just kind of capitalizing on that, which which had a lot of backing. So he wasn't like going completely out on a limb and like making up this, this really wild stuff. I mean, to his credit, he was doing some interesting, innovative stuff. Like I, I just, I just happened to, I just Googled antique breast pumps um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I found an article on HuffPo called 200 years of breast pumps and 18 images. So he definitely was very early to the game uh, in, as far as like designing a breast pump, which again is a device that's still used today. Again, 11 children. Oh yeah, exactly. A lot of his made-for-TV ad, Noel. It's it's him and his wife freaking out with eleven uh, eleven kids going full Tasmanian devil cartoon reference, right? Uh, going full Tasmanian devil in the house, and he throws up his hand and he's like, "There's got to be a better way." Mm-hmm. And there was. <laughs> it was an antique breast pump. Uh, also, you know, like I said, this I'm interested too as to why. The, the most out there thing we remember him for is this life awakener, I guess, because it kind of caught on, but we'll get there in a second. So back to 1847, when he's sitting in his room, his, his ailing, you know, arthritic hand, you know, absolutely throbbing. Um, and he, you know, is being overtaken by these hungry mosquitoes, uh, mosquitoes or gnats or bitey flies, depending on the source. Um, mosquitoes does make the most sense, Ben, you're right, because they do when they bite, inject you with a chemical that makes it not hurt as much, right? So you don't notice it. So it's almost like a, a an organic painkiller that the insect injects into you so that you don't feel it when it's sucking, you know, your blood. And then you don't feel it until after it leaves you. And that's when you feel itchy because there's an irritant. 
So this happens. He realizes, aha, whatever's happening about this situation is causing me to feel better. Uh, he seems to associate it more with, I don't know, Ben, it's interesting. Like, is he associating it with the poking, with the loss of blood? with the injection of the chemical that science probably had not yet recognized at the time? Like, where do you think his head was? I think it was, uh, I think for him, it was the, the puncture, the, the wound. Uh, when a mosquito bites, you'll see swelling because of histamine. Histamine is a big deal to mosquitoes because it increases blood flow and white blood cell count around an affected area causing inflammation and swelling. And that's also why mosquito bites itch. The histamine sends a signal to the nerves around the bite. Chemicals in mosquito saliva, bug spit, also prevent blood from clotting. We know in, in his book about this that he published in 1865, uh, we, we know that he believed, he believed you were essentially creating an escape hatch for disease in the body by, by puncturing it. So he said, quote, how in a quite simple and natural manner, the morbid matter that may be found in the body may be extracted from the suffering parts and removed without the loss of blood. Uh, he was convinced that recreating a mosquito bite on an extreme scale uh, would allow pain and various poisons to leak out of the body. He was making a new door for disease. I mean, it's just a couple of steps removed of like drilling holes in the skull to release demons. Right. Trepanation. <laughs> yeah. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. This is important stuff. Your teen can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your teen enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off that's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Sometimes to get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. We're nothing if not trailblazers here at Ridiculous History. And you know who also is a huge uh, iconoclastic challenger of the status quo, Ben? Who is that, Noel? Well, I think you know. It's Harry's. Yes, it's Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by all kinds of like slipshod, questionable products in the shaving industry. And they said, hey, you got to be the change. I was excited to try out the Winston set. It's an all-in-one package. You get some shaving cream. You get that great razor we're talking about. 
They also have deodorant. Yeah, I was about to say. Very helpful. I do really enjoy uh, their line of self-care products. Um, Richly lathering, skin-softening body washes and scents like Redwood, Wildlands, and Stone. You want to know what a stone smells like? I've often wondered. Only you know you can. <laughs> so don't settle for the status quo, folks. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash history. Once again, that's harrys.com slash history for a $3 trial set. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's this. There's always a catch. So when we heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, what's the catch? So we dug in, and after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Can you believe that? Mint Mobile's got a secret sauce, babies, and it is that they sell wireless service online, and by doing so, cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet, delicious savings directly onto you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And so this does catch on, and he becomes kind of the talk of the town. Uh, there's even like a autobiography written about him by uh, a guy by the name. I'm laughing because he's just absolutely. It's almost like he was hired to write the most glowing biography imaginable. This guy Albert Volkmann, who I'm assuming was just a bit of a fanboy, uh, he compared Bounscheid uh, to innovators such as Edward Jenner, who discovered vaccination. Johann Gutenberg, obviously the inventor of the printing press and movable type and christopher columbus uh the war criminal oh and, and and james watt inventor of the steam engine i think christopher columbus is known for something other than that but that's usually what comes to mind for me um but yeah this <laughs> this thing is absolutely chock full of hyperbole including the savior of humanity huh. uh, referring to Bounscheid and his his uh his you know doing of god's work basically yeah and to be clear Carl got a lot of people on board. This this treatment would be uh, an example of what we call counter-irritation techniques, you know, uh, creating inflammation in one spot on the body for the purpose of relieving it in a different spot. And originally, uh, he was, originally he set like office hours from 11 a.m. to noon for one hour. You could come see him and have your life awakened, <laughs> euphemistically. But business was booming, and eventually he threw up his hands again, just like in his infomercial that we made up earlier, and he said, there's got to be a better way. So he decided in that instead of just administering the life awakener treatment himself, he would sell it directly to the public and directly to other people who wanted to set up a life awakener practice well into the 20th century, well into the 1900s, folks, people were trying to cure all sorts of stuff with the this contraption. We're talking yellow fever, epilepsy, heartbrokenness. 
I, I always love the, the terms, the turn of the century terms for various, uh, various ailments. Like, uh, you know, you could just make something up and it would sound legit, you know, like someone had the trembling Eastwoods or someone had dirty hoof or Judas tooth. Ooh, Judas Tooth. No, we're keeping that, that one. one. Also, it would be a really good Nine Inch Nails album title. True. I'm not going to let go of this. Um, <laughs> Judas the Tooth. Judas, the Judas Tooth. That's pretty fantastic. What would that even... It doesn't matter. Let's just leave it, <laughs> leave it, leave it to the imagination. But yeah, man, I mean, he really is like a household name. Like he said, he was treating patients himself one-on-one. He kept office hours and all that. He also created, uh, a, a, you know, some of these cure-all kind of lotions and potions and all that. One that he called called Oleum Baunscheidt, uh, which was an oil that was meant to be uh, slathered over these little welts and created those blisters that you mentioned, uh, like you said, to essentially simulate uh, what would happen with an insect bite. And if you made these blisters and they start, okay, so we're getting a little gross here, guys, uh, these blisters would start to ooze pus and and uh, he looked at that as being the sickness leaving your body. Kelsey Evans is an archivist at the University of California in San Francisco uh, who actually came across a resurrector kit in their collection of over a thousand pieces of historical paraphernalia. Um, and yeah, he he really wanted, he basically had to build a whole new kind of school of medicine of of holistic medicine medical thinking around this device because he had to you know move units right. So he called this in a burst of uh, uh, modesty uh, boundshitism, mm-hmm. which is kind of like. Casey, you know, before you and I got on the podcast, when you were leading the Pegramist movement, this is true. I mean, you you gotta you gotta pick a good name for a movement, and uh, <laughs> what's better than just calling yourself out there? Well, I mean, it depends on the name. Casey on the case, by the way, but, but Pegramism has a ring to it. Brownism, not so much. Bolinism, I would sign up for that. No, oh, thanks, man. I'm blushing. Uh, I, I I would say. Uh, it's all in the suffix, right? So if you if you don't if brownism doesn't quite uh, doesn't quite puncture your pores, uh, maybe you could go for something like yeah, just make the end fancy brownadividism. Mm, okay, thanks, Ben. I appreciate you trying. Still not sold. Still much more. I'm a lifelong uh, Benonite. Uh, but <laughs> here's right. the thing. Here's the thing. Um, bloodletting, you know, self mutilation. <laughs> For the purposes of, you know, making yourself feel better by hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. Surprise, surprise, started to kind of wane in popularity a little bit as time went on. Uh, It was no longer satisfactory for patients to be jabbed with oily needles. Uh, They they began to kind of look at this with a little more suspicious and realize maybe this wasn't actually providing the cure-all, you know, magical one-stop shop remedy that it was, uh, you know, meant to. Yeah. His theory is essentially that you can stab people, and if you stab them the right way in the right place, they will get better. That's that's his whole deal. Do you guys remember the I Love Lucy bit where Lucy's doing a commercial for this like supplement called Vitamita Vegemin? And it's like a really nasty tasting supplement, like liquid that has like vitamins, uh, meat. <laughs> And vegetables in it, but then mm-hmm. the, the the big joke is that it's also like eighty percent alcohol, and the the director keeps making her take a take a you know swig of it every time she says a certain line. So of course the joke is by the end of it she's absolutely uh, blotto. 
But one of my favorite lines in the ad copy for this commercial is spoon your way to health. Huh. Uh, this the version for this topic today would be stab your way to health. Yeah, uh, we also want to thank uh, Charles Sturt University. They have a they have a great write up of this available to read. Uh, free online and Atlas Obscura. I quite like the way they explore some of the other quote unquote innovators in this field. Uh, John Linden, a follower of Carl's, also made some pretty broad claims. He had a book called The Manual of the Exanthematic Method of Cure. And he said that this could cure tapeworms. Uh, here's his reasoning. After repeated applications of the Life Awakener, quote, the tapeworm, the unwelcome guest, will soon become disgusted <laughs> with his quarters and be compelled to vacate. So Lyndon is saying that what you're doing is if your body is a city, you're ruining the neighborhood. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming the tapeworm is meant to escape through one of these puncture wounds. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It's, it's a little vague. Uh, I, I will say it's also funny, and this is probably just like urban legend, but if you heard of the idea of on of purposefully taking a tapeworm to like lose weight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Seems very ill-advised. Yeah, I, I don't have personal experience. Uh, if anybody has a confirmed case of someone, let's call it tapeworming. If, if you have a confirmed case of someone purposely tapeworming, then let us know. I've also heard that you can apparently coax them out of your butt with a piece of cheese. <laughs> I have not been on that particular corner of the internet, Noel. <laughs> hey, man, the internet's a it's a scary place, and you know. But hey, who knows? It, it might be true. Um, so, ta tapeworms aside, mm -hmm. um, let's talk a little bit about how this device supposedly worked. Some of the pseudoscience, or possibly potentially a little bit of real science behind it and also some of the marketing behind it because this is where it gets pretty fascinating like how much money was he making off of this scam yeah so okay you first off the engineering here is consistent the device actually did stuff uh but whether the stuff it did actually helped people is is a whole different uh is a whole different uh bag of tapeworms so on one end of this staff of this rod you, you'll see a little loose movable piece that's connected to a very tightly coiled spring this controls the 30 needles that are sheathed inside the sort of barrel-shaped container at the end so what you would do if you're applying this you pull back a small handle about two inches to retract those needles, and then you release it to boom, snap them forward, and they pierce the skin. Back to our infomercial, which I'm not letting go because it's very appropriate for this. You can buy the resuscitator for $8, and it, it's a kit. So you don't just get the resuscitator, but wait, there's more. You get a little booklet about how cool this method is, and you get a bottle of this proprietary uh, blister oil. Yeah, but you got to keep buying the oil. You know, you only have to buy the resuscitator one time. You got to keep getting the refills because it is proprietary. Like you said, you couldn't just get like linseed oil or, you know, petroleum jelly. I don't know. And this oil, he claimed, would keep the wound open longer than it would, you know, if it was just left to its own devices to heal naturally, which would, you know, give the wound more time to vent the body of uh, impurities or as he referred to in the booklet, straight up evil. 
you know, like bad body ghosts. Um, he explained that immediately after being punctured by the resuscitator, you you were meant to apply the oil with a chicken feather or a small pencil. Huh. How's that work? <laughs> you, uh, this would be, I, I was imagining this. I'm speculating here, but let's say, let's say Casey puts the life awakener. I know you're not happy about being the example here. Uh, thank you, Casey. Uh, so Casey puts uh, his life awakener, you know, on, on like his side, let's say uh, lower right torso, kind of at the end of the rib cage, pops himself with it. But he doesn't. He doesn't want to waste his oil. He doesn't want to just like slather it in a swath across that series of thirty puncture wounds. So instead, he takes a little pencil and he dips. He dips it into that little bottle of oil, and then he kind of paints into the pores or into the wounds. And also, I'm imagining the alternative uh, implement, the chicken feather. You would use like the pointy end, like the quill end of the chicken feather, to do something very similar. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're on the money there. So if you wanted a more concentrated experience, if you just didn't have time to carefully paint this irritant oil over your new wounds, you could double down. You could go hard on the paint. You could put the oil on the needles before you pulled the trigger or pulled that switch and popped them into your skin. So it it would become a kind of injection. That comes to us from Kelsey Evans, who is an archivist at the University of California, San Francisco Library. Right. Uh, she, she, I love, this is the cool part. We don't say this often enough about archivists, but one of the weird benefits of working in that kind of, uh, in that kind of discipline is that you can just run across some very surprising and weird stuff. And Oh, totally. Kelsey ran across one of these kits, especially in San Francisco. They're under all kinds of wacky stuff there. Uh, and the thing is, you know, again, this was all like set out for you in that little pamphlet within about four to six minutes, uh, according to in, in, uh, in Boundstride's own words, the skin would alight with an eruption resembling millet seeds and patients would begin to feel a curious crawling sensation. Uh, and again, like you said, for a more concentrated experience, dip the needles right on in that oil and you're shoving on in there. Uh, and he almost as a selling point likens it to a kind of injection, which I think is, is interesting. I mean, it was a weird time. People were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They were used to like leeching and bloodletting. This was honestly probably a little bit more, of a user-friendly experience than just like the old school bloodletting where you just like slice yourself with a straight razor. That's where the whole barber pole situation came from because I believe barbers were the de facto bloodletters. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, if you were uh, learned enough to cut hair, then you were learned enough to cut off arms. Mm -hmm. that's, that, that's the logic. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Uber Teen. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with trackable trips and highly rated drivers. 
This is important stuff. Your team can feel a sense of independence and you can follow their entire ride on that live tracking map. And, you know, I've actually been using Uber Teen lately to help my teen uh, get to and from various events. The other week, I used it to get them and their friend uh, to and from a concert in Atlanta. And today they're actually going to use it to get home from a football game. I watch every step of the way uh, from the moment the car's called to when they get in and then I can track their progress to and from their destination. It makes them feel safe and it lets me know that they're safe. I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. And here's how it works. When your team requests a trip, they are matched with highly rated experienced drivers and you receive those real-time notifications as well as enhanced safety features. That's right. Pin verification, in fact, to ensure that your teen enters the right vehicle. Live trip tracking for parents. Plus, you, the parent, can contact the driver directly from the app. And don't delay. Today, you can get 40% off That's up to $15 off three Uber teen rides. Valid for the first 30 days for new users in select markets. See app for details. Add your teen to your account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I know we're we're ragging on Carl a little bit, but bloodletting was so common that it was applied to world leaders. You know, we can't forget that the president of the United States, George Washington, uh, died after physicians drained nearly 40% of his blood. Jesus. <laughs> Crazy. No wonder the man was so pale. Uh, <laughs> there it yeah, is. Yeah, that is wild. Uh, and again, like I said, you're, you're right. We, we are ragging a little bit just because it's easy, easy target for this era of medical stuff because it just looking at it now through the lens that we have, it all just seems so absurd. But hell, some of the... <laughs> Some stuff that we do uh, in the West is kind of absurd, not to mention just the whole like healthcare system in general. That's a topic for another day. Neckties. Look, every, every, anytime you want to rag on people from uh, the days of yore, look around the modern day uh, and, and see how much ridiculous stuff we do that we've just accepted as normal. If you want to learn more about the story of neckties, you can see a very embarrassing video of me from my brain stuff days on YouTube. But yes, you are absolutely right, Noel. Uh, There are so many uh, ridiculous things. Now, again, this is a a legit medical process to Carl Bonscheidt. Well, and I was also, that's kind of what I was getting to. This is an innovation over the most barbaric versions of what he's he's doing here. Mm-hmm. This is probably a little more uh, focused 
version of bloodletting uh, because to, to treat certain diseases, he would target certain parts of the body. Um, you know, like if you had, say, uh, a, a toothache. A Judas tooth? A Judas tooth. If you had a Judas tooth, you'd get stabbed in the neck. If you had, you know, say, uh, influenza, you'd get stabbed, like, under the armpits or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there was sort of a method to his madness. Uh, and again, like, given the absolute wild, wild west Ness of of the medical profession, got to give the guy props for being a little bit outside of the box in his thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but also, you know, uh, our hearts go out to the people who tried to cure their baldness by re- repeatedly stabbing themselves in the spine. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, there was something kind of like uh, a Lego kit to this because you know. Anybody who is a, a fan of Legos, I'm a big fan, uh, by the way. I just built the ship from The Mandalorian. It was a, it was a very big oh, weekend cool. for me. Um, anyone's a fan of Legos. You know, when you're a kid, you get the box and you get the instructions, and maybe you build the thing according to the instructions, but then you might take it apart and build your own thing, right? Uh, that's what people were doing with the Life Awakener. They would read the pamphlet, and they would say, okay, got it. Here's how you apply this to... You know, your torso, nape of the neck, behind the ear, et cetera, et cetera. But wait, many, many users said, what happens if I stab myself here instead? You know, what happens if I stab myself in my foot or uh, the inside of my elbow? I'm just picking random places. Uh, People wrote to him and told him about their results. They would say, I stabbed myself, uh, you know, X amount of times. But on the ninth stab, I cured, you know, the the problem in my knee. And I think it's because I found the right place to stab. And Carl was all about it. Ben, I got I to gotta ask you, the elephant in the room here, I'm seeing in the list of rem- the list of ailments that this thing was used to treat, things like syphilis and gonorrhea. Where did you stab yourself for those? Mm. Right in the area? Or is there some other magical spot that targets the nether regions? You know, that is unclear to me. Also, folks, we need to just put everything on the table here. Uh, None of the three of us have tried the Life Awakener. So maybe we are not being fair. Maybe we need to draw straws and have someone get some firsthand experience. Thankfully, uh, the three of us also do not have (laughs) syphilis. Thank God. (laughs) Ridiculous Uh, history. 100% syphilis. Syphilis free. It's true. I mean, it is it is one of the most historical ailments, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, I you know, to your point, man, I imagine that based on what we know about what part of the body you would uh, you would treat for a toothache or for, you know, cramps or something, I, I imagine it would be applied to us some sensitive areas. And it feel it sounds incredibly painful. It sure does. And 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 I've got to say, uh, a lot of this like you know specificity uh, around like okay, if you want this kind of ailment, you you inject it here. This seems like the kind of stuff that, that someone would make up to sound like they know what they're talking about, uh, when in fact it's all pretty arbitrary. <laughs> Just like you know, <laughs> in general, this device was. I think we can pretty much accept. Uh, and like we said, it, it really did the the whole 
craze surrounding the resuscitator started to die down because people weren't as into bloodletting anymore. And not to mention, it was getting uh, bootlegged a lot. There were kind of a lot of resuscitator clones hitting the market. Um, But, uh, you know, up until the 1940s, you could still get copies of uh, Boundscheid's booklet that came with the kit. So, you know, it was still somewhat in use by some. And we need to give some context here. Uh, So we said, let's say mid-1800s, 1854 or so, the resuscitator is near the height of its popularity. And you can get that kit for $8. But how much money is Carl making here? It's time for the inflation calculator. You had to have the last boop, didn't you, Ben? You had to have the last boop. You were doing it, too. Uh, We were booping chicken. We were playing chicken boop. Uh, 1854, $8. In 2021, that's $248. So this is not an insignificant amount of money. But also not too far off from like what we would see questionable medical devices today costing. Things like, you know, infrared uh, radiation things for your lower back or whatever. There's a lot of those that you see uh, now that definitely are questionable. Um, uh, and that's the thing. This this was very, very much discredited. But there's also an important differentiator about this. We, I, I think it's probably my fault. I've sort of been lumping it in with the idea of bloodletting. But it wasn't really like bl- about bloodletting at all. It was about irritating your skin to make these blisters and then the pustules that leaked out of your body or whatever would be the eradication of the, of the, you know, impurities. So it wasn't targeting the blood so much as it was targeting the skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, you know, I would, I would defend Noel, the Noel from earlier in the show today, because this is clearly descended from the belief of tumors and bloodletting. Yes. Uh, it's just, it, you're right in the idea that the pus in the blisters was thought to be the diseases leaving the body, but it still still has a lot in common with bloodletting. Physiologically, if you are wondering, folks, no, there is nothing that ties stabbing your skin and forming a blister with healing these sorts of illnesses. What is a a plucky inventor to do when there are so many imitators swimming in your wake? Well, in Carl's case, you had to double down on that proprietary oil. So his his irritant oil, oleum boundscheidt, he guarded the recipe like the way that Coca-Cola guards their recipe, which is a great idea for an episode. But Mm -hmm, uh, it's a good one. (laughs) But uh but we eventually found out what it is. Uh, in 1947, one of Carl's descendants disclosed the composition of the oil to a pharmaceutical company. It is mustard and pepper oil, tansy, pepper, olives, and something called croton oil. Mm, I don't know croton oil, and I'm a bit of a uh, essential oil uh, aficionado, so this is obviously not widely in use anymore. Yeah, it's a poisonous, viscous liquid from a, a tree native to India. No fun. A little self-poisoning to cure what ails you. <laughs> yes. Self-mutilation and poisoning. This is a Nine Inch Nails episode, <laughs> so, really so uh, this did 
go into decline. Uh, while you could find the booklet up into the 1940s in Germany, the international sphere lost interest. It would be very rare for you to find one in the U.S. from like the 1930s on or something. So what happens to Carl after this? Remember, he was charging some pretty high prices for his inventions, and this added up. He became pretty well-to-do. Uh, he moved on up to the east side of the socioeconomic scale. He became what we would call nouveau riche, new rich, and uh, he tried to add, I don't know, some swag, some credibility to his reputation with the upper class. So he wanted he wanted to do the thing a lot of the nouveau riche do, which is attain the respect and acceptance of the old money, and he went ham with it. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is sort of a fool's errand, isn't it, Ben? I believe, you know, I, I I believe so. Not to not to wax too philosophical, but one thing history has proven is that if you want the acceptance of others, the first thing you should do is work on accepting yourself. Oh, that's good advice, Ben. That's very good advice. That is the app. That is our that is the, our ridiculous history affirmation of the day. There we go. Casey, can we get a more you know thing? Uh, okay, yeah, not not close enough to get us sued. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Bounshai did die eventually, despite his best efforts <laughs> to live forever, <laughs> uh, you know, with self-mutilation and poisoning uh, on October 1st, 1873, um, as, as a result of a, an ailment of the heart that he apparently was powerless to control. Um, and it may have actually been caused by his death diet yep so busy stabbing himself in the neck he, he forgot to curtail the red meat mm -hmm. and after he passed away his widow and his children carried on the business the life awakener was being produced all the way up to 1944 and it may have continued in production past that year uh had the building not been destroyed in a bombing attack by allied forces now we know what a lot of a lot of folks are thinking in the audience today guys i'm sold you're saying i'm going to stab myself to wellness i need a life awakener right now uh you have persuaded me that this is the bleeding edge of medicine where can i get this treatment today right no Casey, don't you guys think, like, what would you say? Easily 80% of the folks listening are sold on this, right? Surely there's some sort of medieval spa you can go to, <laughs> you know, like an experiential thing, you know, where they cover you with leeches and stab you in the neck with a weird needly chair leg mm -hmm. for $1,000. <laughs> if you go to Switzerland... Uh, you can find a clinic that still offers this treatment. They call it acupuncture of the West. It, it is similar to what you described there, Noel. Um, and they, they will explain the process in detail so you know what you're getting into. Uh, and and it's, it's an evolution of the same idea. You know, you, uh, you irritate the skin, you apply an oil you let the blisters grow 36 hours pass and then you assess the blisters so if you are sold on this uh and if you happen to go to switzerland 
let us know how it goes. Uh, feel free not to send pictures, but we would <laughs> we would enjoy hearing this story. Uh, no, I think that's it. Now I do want to say, you know, I've I don't feel like this inventor thought of himself as a snake oil man or a grifter. I think he thought he was doing medicine. I think he was a true believer. You're right, Ben. I, I do agree. Because uh, he had a history of, you know, like I said, I mean, we've said from the start, a lot of his inventions were pretty smart. This just happened to be the one that took off and clearly, you know, the least actually effective. Um, but it, remind, it does remind me in some ways, uh, you know, holistic medicine in general sometimes gets a bad rap in the West um, because of our focus on a pill for every ill and all that stuff. Uh, so I think there's a middle ground where, like, there is a place for holistic medicine uh, or just taking care of oneself and, like, mindfulness and just, you know, meditation and things like that to just be a better, more whole human being. But it does remind me of things like cupping, uh, mm -hmm. which is a, is a very interesting uh, technique where, you know, certain massage therapist types take these little suction cups and you know literally pump them on your skin and they leave these big nasty giant hickey things and supposedly you know rids you of impurities or whatever i don't know if i buy it but it's very popular and it's something that's still available as a spa service pretty widely mm -hmm. and with this we close today's episode the Tale of the Life Awakener. Have you seen one of these in real life? If so, let us know. And let us know also some of your other favorite uh, weird medical treatments of the past. How do I let you guys know? You might be asking yourself. Well, we're pretty easy to find on the internet. We like to recommend our Facebook group page, Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us on various social meds as individuals. You can indeed. I am at How Now Noel Brown on Instagram exclusively. And you can find me on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW. You can find me on Instagram at Ben Bolin. Thanks as always to our super producer, Casey Pegram, uh, who just to be very clear, has never used a life awakener. <laughs> and uh, thanks also, of course, to Alex Williams, who composed our amazing soundtrack. Huge thanks to Christopher Osiotis, who will be joining us not only in spirit, but in the flesh very, very soon. Really looking forward to that one. Been missing Chris. Eve's Jeff Coates. Check out her podcast, This Day in History Class, a daily uh, nugget of wisdom in your podcast feed. Uh, check it out. It's a delight. Also, J.Ill, the podcast featuring the wonderful and talented Miss Jill Scott, executive produced by Eve's. Uh, also, huge thanks to our research associate extraordinaire, Gabe Luzier. Got to get him back on the show, too. And Jonathan Strick the notorious quizster. Uh, he can stay away for as long as he likes, but I have a feeling he'll be popping up sometime in the near future as well. Mm -hmm. uh, one last note, folks. Of course, none of this should be considered medical advice. Just got a text from our legal team uh, making that clear. And uh, and also, hey, if uh, if you're if you're feeling off, you feel like you might have a, a physiological ailment or concern, uh, go to a doctor before you recreationally stab yourself. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by Discover. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. 
Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon Waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways, rolling vineyards, and castled hills, into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.